All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, December 26th of 2023 here looking ahead. It is uh, obviously Tuesday, so that means we have NFL, I'm sorry, M Emma, NBA and NHL tonight on a Tuesday. So we have a nine-game NBA main slate here. And then over in the NHL streets, we have a 14-game main slate. So plenty of DFS action coming at you today. A little bit rusty with the break here. We haven't had a show since Friday, so we had a nice long break with the holiday here. So I hope everybody enjoyed that day off if they had one. And uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in. One of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get joined up, there is a link in the description below. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, get access to the rest of the Sabersim team. Great place to ask questions and be part of a DFS community, that's for sure. And it is our first show of the week here, so we do have to announce the winners from our weekly max challenge for week 16 of the NFL season here. So I'm going to get that pulled up here. Uh, for those of you guys who aren't aware what that is, if you're just, you know, uh, checking this out, learning about us for the first time, the max challenge is a giveaway slash promotion we do during the NFL season, completely free to participate. All you got to do is use this green enter the challenge button to fill out our short form so we can send you guys awesome prizes. You get access to weekly prizes, season-long prizes if you've been playing with us for a while. And then all you have to do is follow these eligibility requirements down here on the bottom. We have a DraftKings version and we have an owner's box version. So check those out. And for our winners for this week, uh, over in the DraftKings side, we had Big Stud coming in third place in the Minimax with 245.54 points. That is an awesome finish. So Big Stud is going to win a SaberSim hoodie and an entry into our end of the season $5,000 free roll. And then over on the owner's box side, we actually had a winner again. So uh, Wiser Jade not only won week 10, but also won week 16 as well. So going to double up on some of these prizes here. So congratulations to you. Uh, congratulations to Big Stud. Our support team will be reaching out to you guys. And then for everybody else who participated, I have all of these names uh, for the week 16 maxers. We are going to do our last giveaway, which is a random entry. Somebody will win an entry into next week's mini max for free here. So I have all the names here. Going to hit shuffle a couple times. Uh, remember the link to this page is in the description in, in the uh, going live in the office hours channel. If you guys ever want to check this out. And then uh, hit shuffle a couple times, and we're going to see who gets free entry into next week's Mini Max contest. So it looks like the winner will, in fact, be Ron King198. Congratulations to you. You're going to get free entry into the Mini Max on DraftKings next week, and our support team will be reaching out to you as well. So thank you guys all for participating. Uh, coming up on the end of the season here, so really looking forward to seeing how many people all played here. So uh, congrats, guys, and uh, thank you for making it an awesome promotion thus far. But with that said, going to get Saberson pulled up here and going to jump into questions. Our first one came in from support over the weekend here, so I'm going to start there. And then we will jump over to the Discord and then ultimately the YouTube chat. So question from support. I keep making NFL showdown lineups that sim well because they say zero or one dupes. However, in these contests, the actual number of dupes is 30 plus. Is there a way I can get better at this? 
Obviously, it is suboptimal to play a lineup shared with that many other people. Okay, good question. So basically, uh, what they're saying here, just so everybody's kind of clear. So if I go over to like Thursday's uh, showdown here, and then going to make two changes to projections. Going to just run a very small number of lineups here. They're basically saying, hey, when I run the contest sim in Saber Sim, it says that these lineups are only duped zero times, one time, basically a small number, right? And so the dupes is a contest sim metric. So if I just go in here, create a basic contest sim, and then run that, we can actually uh, see this metric come up and then we can kind of talk about it. But if you guys don't know what dupes is like at all, like you're, you're just very confused, uh, go to our help docs. I'll, I'll drop this in the chat here. If you go to frequently asked questions, you click this view more to open up our support library, just type in dupes. And then we have this video. What is the dupes contest sim metric? It's a overview of, of everything that uh, the dupes contest sim metric is about. So I'm going to drop that here in the YouTube chat. And then we go back over here. So what I could see if I go down to these contests and metrics for these lineups, hey, it says this lineup is duped three times. So what's very important to remember is that right now we have 10,000 field lineups, okay? So the fact that we have 10,000 field lineups, what this metric is saying is like, hey, from the lineup you played from your lineup, we found that lineup in the field lineups three times. Now remember that there's only 10,000. So if you're contest is bigger than 10,000, then, you know, it's going to get a little tricky about how many times this is actually duped. So that's kind of where you see some lineups where, Hey, the duped metric might show it being a lower number and then it comes in higher. Right? So what can you do about that? Well, first off, I do want to say, you know, we are always trying to increase the size of our field lineups. That is just a ongoing project, something that we're always uh, continuing to, to work on and to improve there. So, so that's always in the works, but what you can do here, uh, one of my favorite things to do is go to the sport library, type in geometric here and using a geometric mean calculation. And I'll drop this in the chat as well to try and help you to understand how likely is a lineup to be duplicated using a product ownership formula here. So that video that I just showed is going to go over the differences between some ownership, product ownership, geometric mean, how to apply them in the app across all subscription plans and uh, how how exactly they work. But basically, one of the uh, variables in, in the geometric mean equation is the actual size of the contest you're playing. So just because you are using that number allows you to have a better representation of how likely your lineups are to be duplicated across the entire size of your contest, not just a sub sample there. So using geometric mean is, is would be my best advice here and incorporating that into your process to, to have a better understanding of, 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 you know, ballpark where your lineups are to be duplicated. I don't think that geometric slash product ownership is um, like an end all be all is, is always right. I think there's other things that you can do. And with like lineup construction and, and salary used and things like that. But that is definitely one good tool to have in your toolbox. All right. Uh, since that question came in from support, we will make sure to get a timestamp recording back over to you. So that's great. And now moving on here. Uh, first question that came in from the discord that it looks like uh, we haven't answered yet. Question says, do the contest sims incorporate any kind of range of outcomes for ownership? 
meaning if we're running 100,000 sims of the contest, is ownership for each player the exact same number in every one of contest exposure? My rules are fairly simple with... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I got I got mixed up. The exact same number in every one of those 100,000 sims would be interesting to incorporate some type of standard deviation to ownership. So contest sims run with a range of outcomes for ownership and projections. Okay, so good question here. So um, the answer is it depends a little bit. And the reason it depends a little bit is because it, it still comes down to contest size, okay? So even in the uh, classic NFL, we have 10,000 field lineups. So let's say that you're, on, you're contest simming a contest with 1,000 entries. So what we're going to do is each time all of those 100,000 contest sims, we are going to randomly sample 1,000 out of the 10,000 field lineups and then use those field lineups as the ownerships for the contest when we're running the contest sim. So because we are only taking a thousand out of the 10,000, you're going to end up with different uh, ownerships. You're going to end up with different exposures each time you run the build. The great thing is that, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand sample here, those values get smoothed out and, and end up being, you know, very close to their projected ownership, but you do get a little bit more of that range of outcomes that you're talking about in contests that are smaller. In the larger field contest, because we can't even meet, you know, the hundred and you know, twenty thousand entries into like the large field millimaker, you're not going to have that effect, right? Uh, we're we're basically just running at as if there's only ten thousand. So because we are using all the lineups, you don't get that effect, but you do get that effect that you're talking about in the smaller contest. So I do think that is a cool thing as well. All right, MPKR. Next question here. Question says, any way to make the columns in contest flashback users tab safe after using edit column so it stays consistent between reloads? Uh, yeah, so we definitely do want to do like a lot of things with like editing columns and like moving columns. So like one thing that we really want to do here is like if you move columns like over, like, hey, I want to see like, you know, my projection, my ownership. And then, you know, you go and like grab like your exposure and you bring those over up. Uh, it, it is on our list of things to get to, to like figure out a way to lock these columns where you can move them once and then they stay. And then, you know, they stay like uh, on this build, they stay on this sport, they stay on this, you know, uh, type of contest, all those things. So definitely a lot of rework coming in the future here with columns. And then that, that change that you're talking about on the contest tab would, would be a similar project here. All right. Looks like I'm a little late to this question, but I'm still going to get my thoughts on it. So question says, using custom projections seems to overvalue players whose projections get raised. For instance, I raised Mike Kosicki from 2.94 to 9.06 for tonight's showdown. When I run a test build, I get Kosicki captain in almost 14% of pool lineups second most in the pool i notice this a lot that the builder seems to overcompensate when raising a player's projection thoughts um honestly i think that you know that's that's a very big change right so like something that we talked about here is that you know we we usually recommend like starting with like a smaller change like hey you know adjust the player's projection by like 10 percent, and then maybe go like 20 percent. so like at three points, you know, a 10% change is like 3.3. Uh, you, you know, 3Xing somebody's projection is going to just shoot them through the roof here. 
And then just simply like at his salary too, of like, he was 1600 at the flex, right? So like very, very cheap when this player's value goes through the roof and then they're now, you know, one of the highest value plays on the slate, you're just going to get to a lot more of them. I'm honestly surprised that you only got to 14% in the, in the, uh, captain spot but uh but i think that you know maybe you're just underestimating the impact of changing somebody's projection by three times i think that's actually a very very large effect and um i would just maybe you know if, if that is having too much of an impact i would just try and lower that effect rebuild your lineups and then see what you're getting on the other side but i mean one thing is like hey if you if you actually believe that 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 is the correct projection for that player, then like, Hey, you know, be comfortable with what you see on the other side. And then, uh, you know, it looks like he ended up scoring 9.50 points. So it looks like you were onto something there. All right. Next question here. Question says, what is the best practice for multiple late swaps in a given slate new tabs, each swap. Also, is it best to create a new late swap for each contest or how can multiple contests be late swapped within one tab? Okay, good question. So uh, in a in a perfect world here, what I would do is I would have a single late swap build for, for however you built your lineups in the first place. So say you built your lineups all together. Then what I would do is I would come in here after lock. I would have a late swap build. So I think I would open up, a, it would open up a second tab for me. I would use this same window for the rest of the night. And what I would make sure I do each time I come in here is once the next window of games start, once the, once the game locks, I would come in here and I would refresh projections. And then I would even probably go back and double check that, Hey, you know, the players whose games have started, are they all grayed out? And then I would make sure that, Hey, you know, yes, these players are grayed out. Uh, you know, you could probably just, uh, you know, do, uh, do one team, you know, you don't have to go and check every single team in a window, just use one and then you apply that to all the rest. And then I would run my late swap, you know, submit my lineups, come back, refresh projections, make sure the games are locked, run my late swap, submit. And I would just stay in this one build because this one build is always going to be having your updated lineup. So there's no need to open up a new swap window each time. The only time I would do that is if I were having issues getting like an error upon upload or something like that, then I would come into the build, uh, you know, re-upload my lineup file and then probably open up a new late swap. And then depending on how many contests you want to late swap. So, so when you go to late swap, when you click the double-sided arrow, when you right click and use the late swap button, uh, you're going to get a pop-up with all of your contests. You can select the contest that you want to late swap or don't want to late swap and then break it up into as many builds as you want. So, so those are my best practices. All right. Next question. So when you sort by risk adjusted ROI for contest A, will it pull only those late swap lineups from contest A? Also not expecting to need an answer now. Happy to address in office hours. Okay. Uh, so will it only pull those late swap lineups from contest A? Um, so what it will do depend if you only want to late swap contest A, then when you use the late swap button here, which I just like to show you guys. So I just need a, I just need an entry file. So let me just go grab one real quick. And then once I have an entry file loaded, I can uh, show you guys how to do this. So today, ooh, there's a Millie tonight. Uh, good luck to all of you guys playing the Millie. 
All right, so I got a file. All right, gonna load that up. Okay, boom. So now I can run a late swap. So when I when I click the late swap button, when I click the double sided arrow, um, when I I don't have lineups, so we're just gonna go double sided arrow. I'm gonna get a list of my contests, and I can come in here. I can uncheck them. I can check them. I can you know do it for as many as I want here, and then I late swap them. And then once I late swap them, then Saberson knows, hey, you know we are late swapping the lineup in this contest here, right? So so that's how you select the different contests. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that was like really the only part of the question that I wanted to talk about. So if there's more questions with that one, just let me know and happy to circle back on it. All right, next question here. Question says having the hardest time with contest sims. When I sort and pick lineups by risk adjusted ROI, I pick the highest percentage lineups. Sometimes I get lineups that are anywhere. From plus 5,000% and higher yet since I've been using, I have been getting some of my lowest scores week to week. Aren't the higher risk-adjusted ROI lineups um, what I should be looking for? Or am I missing something? I've watched all the videos but still don't get what I'm doing wrong. Okay, good question here. So honestly, the easiest way to tell if the lineups that you're playing are actually good is to go into contest flashback after a slate completes so yes you know your your lineups are going to grade out one way in the contest sim once the contest is finished once the slate is over what i would do the next day i would work this into your process spend some time you know it doesn't have to be long go to yesterday's slate you know i'm going to go back to yesterday's main slate okay i'm going to go to the contest tab and then i'm going to go look at the contests i played so i'm going to jump over to all contests and, you know, maybe I played um, the the flagship for the day, right? So I'm going to click on it. And then I'm going to go and see, you know, how I did, right? So I want to pull up my portfolio of lineups. I'm going to go to users. You know, maybe I maxed it out. Okay. Um, is this Ski Basher? Oh, no. Ski Basher was, was someone else. But like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm Ski Basher, right? So then I go... And then I, I look at my lineup portfolio, right? So like, hey, you know, in this example here, the Ski Basher Sim ROI was 59.51%. So like, that's pretty good, right? So if we were to filter by 150 entries, sort by Sim ROI, uh, he had, you know, a pretty positive set of lineups here, right? So still like very high. I think that's, you know, very good return on investment here. And it looks like he had like a pretty good day. So like, congrats there. But but this is what I would be doing, right? So like the sim ROIs that you see in contest flashback are going to be more telling of how your lineup portfolio as a whole is doing as opposed to what you see uh, just within your build in the pre-slate contest sim. So I would very much work this into your process here. And then we have, we have a very good video on this here. So if you go to your YouTube channel, you go to videos, uh, review your results and study the pros contest flashback walkthrough here so i'm going to drop this in the chat for you guys but this is a great video done by jordan and you can uh, learn more about analyzing your process here in the post build i would definitely spend some time checking that out all right last question in the discord and then we're going to jump over to the youtube chat question says two questions have you heard of saverson working very slowly when doing more than three builds 
It has happened to me a few times when doing NBA lineups. I use a MacBook and thought that maybe it might be Safari, but I was not sure. My second question is concerning contest sims when doing live swap. Should I change the field to the live fields or just keep the sims as they were when I originally built them? Okay, so first part, um, I haven't heard of like any specific performance issues, but if you are having them, then what I would do is go to the top right, go to report a problem, write us a brief description of what you're experiencing. This is going to give us information about your session to help us to troubleshoot what might be going wrong. And then this will go directly to our support team and we'll be able to look into the problem that you're describing from there. And then we'll get back to you. So uh, that always helps us out, out with the troubleshooting process a ton. And then second part is when doing live swaps, should I change the field to the live field or just keep the SIM original? Uh, so the great part about this is that we actually do this for you. So say you're playing the melee, right? When you, when you create this contest sim, you're going to notice that these fields are toggled on automatically. Use live sims if available. Use live field lineups if available. So if the live field lineups are in there, if they're loaded up, we are automatically going to use those before uh, automatically. You don't have to touch anything. You don't have to change anything. So you always want to use the live data if it's there. So that's why this is on by default here. So we are already taking care of that for you. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Question from Deshaun. Do you use any rules to avoid getting so many cheap or mid-range value plays in NBA? Or what is a max number of cheap to mid-range value players that you allow in your lineup for NBA? Uh, so so my answer, if you're asking me, is that no, I, I don't do this. Um, I could see reason for doing it. So what I would suggest to you is to do one of two things. Either one, use like some type of projection filter where you come in here and say, hey, show players with my projection greater than X and you just have like a floor or you can do like a value one, like show players with a value greater than X uh, or you can do some type of co combination of both. But I don't think there's anything wrong with curating your lineup pool. Uh, so I think it's totally okay to use filters to accomplish that goal. All right. Rich said, NBA late swap, nine game slate. Two games first lock. When I late swap after first lock, it only late swaps a smaller number, 57, 84 lineups. My exposures are min-max, but that was a product of the field that gave over 2K lineups pre-lock. My problem is that it, it has even left uh, players ruled out that didn't get late swap. Also, my exposures for late swap are now taken from 57 or 84 lineups. Uh, not contest exposure. My rules are fairly simple with broad rules across the field. Okay. So um, a little bit similar sentiment. Like if you're running into something that looks super weird, let us know. The best thing you can do is let us know because our support team is always around trying to help out, trying to fix these problems. But when you go to late swap, I, this is applies across the board. This applies like in our late swap tutorial, like, like how to late swap, uh, which if anybody needs that, I'll drop that here. The, Best thing that you can do is always quick swap first. So quick swap doesn't listen to minimax salaries, doesn't listen to rules. It simply just gets the players that are out, out of your lineup with the next best available player. So, so what you do there is that you just get the players out, you upload that, you at least have lineups with projected players, all of them. In, in the site, and then you come back to SaberSim, and then you run your late swap. So the reason I like doing that is because you're getting all the out players out, uh, the, and, and honestly, the quick swap just ends up working a little bit easier. Basically, like, if you quick swap and it says cannot quick swap X player, 
there's probably way too few, like you might be really late in the slate. Maybe there's like nobody to swap to. Um, that'll basically tell you that information. Late swap, a little bit trickier. So I like to quick swap first. I would always quick swap first and then I would run your late swap. So that's probably the best order of operations here. And I think that should mitigate a lot of the issues that you are running into. All right. Hollywood J said, is contest sim risk adjusted ROI supposed to spit out 150 lineups that are completely different from 150 lineups in Sabre score? Um, so I, I would say, I would say you can expect these lineups to be different. So Sabre score is a formula. It is a combination of some projection, lineup upside, and lineup average adjusted ownership. And it is, uh, you know, calculating a score for the lineup based on those variables and then grading it. So they're, they're basically both sorting metrics. So Sabre score was built on top of contest sims. We used contest sims to figure out which variables to include, what the weights of those variables should be. And, and we did that for large slates, small slates, slates with different number of entries. That's why you have so many different Sabre score options. Contest sims are, are, uh, I like to say Sabre score is like the 80-20 of contest sims because it was built using contest sims, but it's not specific on a contest by contest basis. Contest sims are. Contest sims are like, hey, there are exactly this many entries in the contest. This is the exact percent of first, and then this is the cash line, and then you're able to take that information and then, and then uh, apply those payouts to the contest each time you run the contest sim. So uh, will the lineups be similar? Like, yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's likely that if you have 150 by Sabre score, 150 by risk adjusted ROI, you are going to get some overlap, but like that is okay. They won't be exactly the same though. All right. Question from Grayson. Hey, Andrew, can you show me how to match the field using contest Sims? Uh, yeah. So if you're looking to like, you know, if you're using custom ownership and you want to uh, basically build your own set of field lineups for your contest sim using the match exposure to ownership, check out this video using custom ownership with contest sims. It's a five minute walkthrough end to end here about how to apply that uh, concept and, and how to use it in the app to build your own field lineups and then to use those for your contest sim. So I just linked that in the chat here. That is definitely the best tutorial that we have. All right. Deshaun said, question about NBA DFS. How are you handling finding value since pricing is pretty tight and it's uh, really been no good value or hard time finding value? Sabre seems to be getting a lot to a lot of mid-range 8K builds when building lineups since pricing is tight. How are you handling that? Some of the value now in NBA DFS is disgusting. Uh, yeah, I mean, slate context changes, you know, day to day. Sometimes, like, you're going to have these huge values. Uh, sometimes you're not. Uh Really, you know, I like to just kind of think about like, hey, you know, what what are the most common build constructions and is there any way for me to kind of get away from those? Uh, so if like, you know, pricing is tight, like, hey, you know, try and seek out value, you know, is there anywhere you can go? And like sometimes the answer is no, right? And you just got to, you know, play play what you're given. But like sometimes you can go out and find some value and, and you know, take some shots uh, on what you believe is like perceived value. And then sometimes you're going to fall on your face. Sometimes you won't. But hey, that's that's what's great about DFS. You know, it is daily fantasy sports. So if you uh, have one bad day, you just come back the next day and get right back on the horse. But I'm definitely somebody that likes to uh, try and take some shots and try and see, you know, hey, you know, pricing's tight. You know, maybe I can get to 
a higher salary guy that uh, is going to be lower owned because of that. Right. But then, uh, you know, there's always pros and cons to, to that strategy. All right. Rich said, my concern is the quick swap. I took care of that. My issue is late swapping isn't swapping all of my lineups and is not showing exposures. I can easily analyze when it is not out of the 150. I have, I have reported several times. It has been pretty consistent and becoming a problem. When I only have 10 to 15 minutes, once late swap lineups changes happen, I can't readjust all exposures each late swap. Okay. So if you've, if you've reported this, um, I would, I would keep the conversation like via email or via like uh, intercom or things like that. Um, the, the, the truth is like, I just don't have a lot of troubleshooting capability like here on the show. And uh, for like, this seems like a more kind of like support type issue, some type of bug, some type of thing going on. And, and I'm not able to just kind of sit here and like break all that down. So uh, keep the conversation with our support team. You know, uh, honestly, just, just bug us. Like if, if you're not getting the answer that you're looking for, um, you know, that, that is honestly my, my best advice to you is to, uh, keep reporting it. You know, the more reports that we have, the easier these things are to uh, troubleshoot and kind of find similarities between them and piece that all together. All right, Gabriel Gamble said, if you're leaving your rules on, it might be possible your rules from pre-lock are too restrictive and post-lock to late swap all the lineups. Uh, yeah, that's definitely possible. So, um, you know, one thing that, that I've seen is that min salary usually becomes an issue. So like as the slate goes on, you know, min salary is usually pretty high because basketball is like, projections are fairly good. Um, I like to lower mine, you know, I will like, uh, bring it down like to 48,000, you know, maybe to 47 as like the night goes on and kind of just open up that window to allow Saberson to get to more swaps based on whatever it seems to be the best fit at that point in time. All right. Bronson said, what type of lineup should I be trashing? What's your process for weeding out the bad lineups? Uh, good question. It just depends. Uh, you know, like for showdowns, you know, I will try and weed out, you know, high, uh, projected duplicated lineups using geo mean, which we talked about earlier in the show. So like I will create a custom metric, name it geo geometric mean. And then I'll say, Hey, you know, I want to basically trash lineups that are like over, you know, 20 dupes, over 30 dupes, over 50 dupes, and then kind of start from there. So I think you can filter lineups like that. Uh, if you're using contest Sims, you know, you can filter lineups that are less than less than 0% ROI across the hundred K Sims. I think that's okay too. Uh, if you want like a projection, floor like hey i want my line to have at least this much minimum projection i think that's okay too so there's a lot of different ways you can go uh no wrong or right answers but those are just some thoughts off the top of my head all right jumping back to the discord one more question here question says and question still loading is there a way to compare lineups between builds uh example feels like in creating an overall pool of lineups, seeing the same builds across two different build signals, it's a lineup I want to uh, I want in my portfolio. Is this just an export to Excel then highlight cells that are equal kind of thing? Um, that is interesting. Um, what I could say is that you know, if you're playing like a big classic slate it's still pretty unlikely that you get the same lineups across multiple builds here, just because like the way the math works out. So like, for instance, say you're building on like Sim Diversity 9 for like today's slate, right? You're playing like 150 max, large field, you know, Sim Diversity 9 is going to take small subsets of each game on the slate, combine them all, and then run a, and run a slate simulation. So it might take five games from the first game, five, five, five game sims from each game on the slate. So nine total. 
And then we're going to run that as a single slate simulation. Well, when there are 5,000 game sims of each game on the slate, you know, there are so many different ways you can take five games from 5,000. And then you take that to the power power. You multiply that by nine here because you're doing that for each game on the slate. And all of a sudden, you know, the amount of possible combinations gets, gets exponentially high, very, very fast. Um, so I, I still, I don't even know if you're going to run into that many similarities here, but it's something that you can experiment with. And I, I think exporting to Excel, like you mentioned, is probably your best bet, at least as like a starting point. But all right, we are all caught up with questions from support, from Discord, from the YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys tuning in here. Again, congrats to the winners for the Max Challenge. Our support team will be reaching out to you. I will be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.